Hello, everyone, and welcome to Don't Eat Your Young, a podcast where we will hear stories from nurses just like you that will validate, educate, and inspire you. I'm your host, Beth Quass. Today, we have Rachel Smitty on the show. She has spent the majority of her nursing career working in a fertility clinic as a case manager. She is able to work from home, which works best for her family life. She decided to become a life coach and sought and completed a coaching certificate program. Rachel has a Facebook group called Nurses Against Burnout, where nurses can go to for support. Please welcome Rachel Smitty to the show. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. How are you today? Good. Doing good. I'm so excited for you to share your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your nursing journey and how you got to where you are today? Okay, sure. So I graduated from the University of Delaware um, with my BSN 18 years ago. And I started on a pediatric med surge trauma floor as a new grad. Um, I started there um, even before I took my NCLEX. They let you kind of onboard. And so the pressure was on to pass that NCLEX um, and keep going. So I did that. And then I um, transitioned to pediatric PACU. And then from that pediatric PACU, I transitioned to an outpatient fertility PACU where it was only um, fertility related procedures and mostly women, you know, um, women's health, a couple male procedures in there. But at that position, I worked pre-op. I did OR and PACU. So it was a nice um you know, variety. And it's great for those patients to know you from the beginning all the way through post-procedure because Mm in, you know, I'm in anesthesia and I know that, that Mm -hmm. once you form that relationship in pre-op, it is great for them to know you there when they wake up too. Yes. A lot of them would say, are you going to be in the OR with me? And I'd be like, yes, I'm going to be there, you know, um, and things like that. So, yeah, they were happy to, like, like you said, see that face, you know, before, know that you were there. And then as they're waking up, they're seeing a familiar face. So, yes, that does definitely ease that process. That's for sure. (laughs) And so where did you move from after that? So I stayed with fertility, but I changed roles. So I was considered a primary fertility nurse. Um, So I, if they needed help in the OR though, they would call and I would kind of go in there every once in a while. But um, so I did the primary role where you're working on a team with a doctor to try to help manage um, those, you know, fertility treatment cycles. Are you working more in the clinic side then? Yes. Yep. It was it was all the same practice. They were all in the same building. So it was just um, sort of leading up to those surgical procedures. A lot of times, Mm -hmm. you know, you're having them taking their hormone medications and scheduling those appointments um, in the, the lab and things like that to try to manage their fertility treatment cycles. That's amazing because I know there has to be so many emotions for those patients that you get to see and talk to them and counsel them through that. Yes. Yeah, it's a very challenging process. Yeah, definitely. 
I applaud you for doing that work because it's so needed and those patients need to have very caring individuals around them. You know, it's just such an interesting position to be in because it's like you see them before, during, and then um, after a lot of times they follow up and say, here's a picture, you know, of my baby. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. That has to (laughs) be rewarding. Yeah, it's really cool. And so how big was your department that you worked in? Like there was a lot of nurses in that fertility clinic. The most recent... I would say probably at least 20 nurses just helping to manage because there was almost like three to four nurses per doctor. Okay. On there, that's like their primary team. So it must have been a very busy practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how did your team work together? A lot of times, so we just split all the patients evenly and, um, Our doctor liked to come in early, and so some of the nurses liked to come in early and get that ball rolling because they had to leave early to try to get home to family. Um, Other nurses, you know, didn't want to come in that early, so we tried to work work those schedules out and then, of course, cover for each other, um, not only on the team that we were on, but um, as a whole, like if you're, you know, if you knew the other team was down a nurse or two, you just all jumped in and saw the patients or called. There was a lot of, there's a lot of phone calls when you're in that position. So you're calling a lot of the patients. And I imagine it's kind of very emotional mm-hmm. for the nurses as well in that space, working with that population. You know, it's it's almost like it's not really that hard of a job, you know, because there's there's not a whole lot of different treatment options. I mean, of course, as we go along, things change, you know, but it really is more managing like your emotions through the process and being calm for the patients, too, because they, um, you know, they they really rely on a nice calm person to talk to. So absolutely. And so do you mentor new nurses coming into that space? Yeah, we don't. um, So that job um, was a couple years ago. So I have transitioned into a different fertility role now. But where I'm at, we don't take new grads, Mm -hmm. like you have to come with some kind of, you know, experience. So but yeah, when they are a new nurse to us, we definitely, um, you know, we're precepting and mentoring them to to kind of guide them as to how to treat the patients and manage caseloads and things like that. So throughout your career, because you've been Mm -hmm. a nurse for a long time, Mm -hmm. what does uh, nurses eating their young mean to you? So it's interesting. I was thinking about that, um, you know, as, as I was prepping for this call. And for me, I feel like I wasn't really, it didn't really happen to me. Like, I didn't feel like my preceptors were mean or sort of bullying or anything like that. So I was like, wow, you know, I don't really feel like that was there as I was a new nurse, you know, and um, or even changing jobs. Like, I felt the nurses were very respectful and 
knew that it take you take some time to learn things and you ask questions and you know kind of learn from what maybe you didn't do great last time you know so um I did have an incident and this was I felt like it was more of like a bullying issue at work and it wasn't even from my fellow nurses so it's interesting because you work with so many different types of people when you're in these healthcare settings you know and um I I went um, right away to my supervisor and told her and I said, if it happened again, I was going to leave because I was physically pushed at work. So I was like, that's not okay. It is not okay. Yeah. And it was from behind. So I was like walking away, you know, and things like that. So I, um, you know, I and and. And in the end, that person wound up getting let go. It wasn't right away. But I do think that I was like the first one to bring it to their attention. So it was like, if something's happening, you have to sort of like stand up for yourself and let management know or else they don't know because there's so many people. It's hard to do, Mm -hmm. but we really need to have that confidence to stand up for ourselves and the other people around us. Yes, because and, you know, I think it took me going home from work and telling someone else what had happened to realize, wait, (laughs) what just happened? You know, and so even if it's like the next day, it's been a really long time since it happened. So I think I went the next day, you know, back into work and said, you know, this is how this happened and I'm not like, okay with it. So if it continues, I'm leaving pretty much. So, um, but yeah, so even if it takes a couple days to process what happened, it's still worth going to HR or whoever, you know, that higher up is to, to tell what happened. That's a really good point. I think the longer things are left to smolder, I think that's what can create the toxic work environment. And then everyone is affected. Right. Yeah. And I wonder if, I think it must be a fine line between confronting the person head on Mm -hmm. or going to someone that can kind of diffuse the situation. And I think it's probably individual, independent, Mm -hmm. you know, I think you have to know the situation. I know people would say, well, talk to them. It's not always that easy. And sometimes it's not the best answer. Yeah. And that that was my situation too. I was like, you know, no, I need to tell someone I'm not going to, like you said, I mean, sometimes you, yeah, you have a conversation like, oh, uh, you know, maybe there was a misunderstanding or can we like talk about it again? Or what did you mean? You know, something like that. You can kind of lean in. I feel like I've always, you know, tried to ask more questions to make sure I'm interpreting that, you know, kind of correctly. So. Well, you probably saved that department a lot of uh, headache down the road. If that person, you know, someone realized they shouldn't be there. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us what you're doing now. So I am still a fertility nurse case manager now and um, I work from home, which was that was like my ultimate goal to be able to like manage my nursing career so that I could be at home for right now anyway. That doesn't mean that this is 
the end of it, you know, because I have young ish kids now, they were much younger when I started, but I, you know, I needed to like get them to, to school or on a bus and home and that kind of stuff, like to sports activities. So that was my thing. I was like, I need to keep looking and, um, you know, find something that is going to be working with my life. Like I didn't want my nursing career to just be the whole, you know, kind of like taking over the show pretty much because there was so much, you know, so much else going on. So um, I work, you know, like Monday through Friday, a regular job, no weekends or holidays right now, just because that's where I want to be and available like for my family and things like that. That's the great thing about nursing. You can do work any days, any shifts, weekends, not weekends, whatever works. That's, you know, our profession is very flexible. Yeah, definitely. So tell me about your business. So, you know, one of the things like going through a nursing career this long, you definitely have your ups and downs and, you know, sort of like 50-50, you know, sometimes it's like really exciting and then other times it's has its challenges. So what I found throughout my nursing career was that I was like reading a lot of self-help books and I stumbled on podcasts and I really clicked with life coach tools. And I wound up really enjoying all that information and learning about it. So I became certified as a life coach. So I've had a lot of fun with that certification and just creating a life coach practice where I coach nurses now. So since I feel like that's kind of my expertise is being a nurse, you know, (laughs) what's the process of getting that certification? So there's different options. And um, I chose a local in-person certification. Some of them are just online, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and mine was an intensive, like week long process nearby that I could just drive. It was like an hour drive from my house. So I just did that. Um, It was, you know, a nice break from work. I got to take off. (laughs) It was over the weekend too. So you didn't have to use all of your PTO for that. But um, yeah, so we, you know, studied and practiced. And in the end, we wound up taking a test to be certified because there's a it's not as um, you don't get like a license the way you do with nursing, but there are still those sort of um, governing bodies, if you will, that you, you know, that kind of say this is how you should practice and be certified and things like that. So I was able to pass the exam and just kind of go from there, practice coaching other nurses and, um, you know, just kind of work on our thoughts because lots of things that we feel and experience are the way we think about things. So do you do one on one coaching, group coaching? How does how do you form that? Yeah, so I do one on one coaching. Yep. I um I haven't gotten far enough along yet where I feel like I want to do group coaching. So right now I'm just doing one on one. I do eight week packages right now. So like when you sign on to start coaching, it's for an eight week period because that way, you know, OK, in two months, 
you know, either you have enough tools now, you feel comfortable, um, or re do another two months. You you also have a Facebook page, a Facebook group. Yeah, so I decided to start a group called Nurses Against Burnout because that um, I feel like is not something that we have enough support around as nurses. So yeah, I created that group and that way um, people can kind of safely come to say, you know, this is either what's going on or, um, you know, sometimes I put some tips in there, things like that, just to create a space for nurses um, to talk to other people who understand. Cause I feel like sometimes if you're not a nurse, people don't really understand what you're talking about. So it is so hard, if, especially if you're not in healthcare at all to mm-hmm. understand what, what nurses do, mm-hmm. how it affects them, how it affects the people around them. It's a very, it's a hard yet very rewarding profession. Yeah. And so it's so nice to almost have that like support group, if you will, of other nurses, you know, that can really get, you know, it's almost like that iceberg. I kind of think of it as like the tip of the iceberg is just like what people see, like you and your scrubs, you know, (laughs) I have copied that from yours and shared it in my group. Don't eat your young as well, uh, because I think that is so true. You only see the tip. Yeah. What's really happening is below the line. Right. <laughs> and much more is going on under there versus just, yeah, what you see. So, And I think that group is very important that you have because sometimes you also can't talk to people that you work with. And right. so to have a group outside of that space, I think, is very important for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's amazing how through Facebook, I've realized how many other nurses I know without really even realizing sometimes that we are all nurses. Like, I was so surprised to go through all of my friends and, you know, see, oh my gosh, we used to work together or we just met through whatever community in the schools or something, but we're all nurses. So it's really fun to see, you know, that group of, of people. Absolutely. Yeah. So what tips or advice can you share uh, with nurses out there working today? Um, You know, relating to burnout prevention. Yeah. So I think the most important thing for me with preventing the burnout was allowing myself to have my own goals and work on things outside of taking care of, you know, your patients at work or your family. You know, if you have because what happens is, is you wind up doing other being a nurse outside of your work too, you know, so then yes. you might have parents or children or whatever it is, neighbors that need help. So it really is important to have your own set of things that you are doing outside of nursing, you know, whether it's like you regularly exercise. And I feel like you hear this all the time. And I think because we hear it so much, we don't always think that it is helpful, but it is, you know, just to, um, you know, focus on like maybe meal prepping so that you have healthy food to like take to work, you know, or eat it after work or whatever that looks like. It's like you really have to get sleep and drink a lot of water. (laughs) 
Well, and I will say, you know, I'm in the OR. And so when I hear drink a lot of water, and I know a lot of nurses can relate to this, I would love to, but Mm -hmm. I can't go to the bathroom. So it's hard to stay (laughs) hydrated when we're all running dehydrated because we may not get to the bathroom. Yes, I know. When I was in the OR, I was pregnant and they put me, they actually took me, well, first they put me on bed rest, but then I was fine. And they just put me like on light duty because the doctor was like, I think it's because you're not drinking. Like you have to drink more. So it's like, if you're in those situations, even if it's just for a small amount of time, you might have to like tweak your role a little bit so that you are healthy you know if you're pregnant you want your pregnancy to be healthy so no matter what anybody else you feel like they're thinking or saying or whatever you know they just um don't always know what's going on so yeah you I understand not being able to drink in the OR too (laughs) yeah that's a great point and you know even floor nursing I remember getting Mm -hmm. to the end of my shift and saying I don't think I even took a bathroom break today. And right. I know that happens. Yes. Yes. So we are, we're constantly running dehydrated. Yes, exactly. It is. So it is definitely a challenge. So it's like if, you know, on those days that you're not working, just try your best to stay on top of, of taking care of yourself. And I know one thing that you mentioned the last time we spoke was, um, one of your tips was to be flexible in your nursing career. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Can you expound on that? Yeah, I think that, um, well, first of all, there's like you had said, there's so many avenues in nursing that if just because you don't maybe like something where you are, it doesn't mean you have to completely quit nursing in general. You know, um, there's home health nursing, Um, you know, there's so many if you feeling like you want to go back to the hospital, you know, there's so many options with it. Refresher courses, you can do CEUs and it's like where you are right now might not ever be like you might go somewhere completely different, you know, Um, and it's funny because um, someone joked with me, like with my last job, as I was just transitioning here, oh, you're going to be bored. You're going to be back in a year. <laughs> and we were laughing about it. And it's just like I'm, I didn't go back after a year. You know, I've been doing it for years now. So it's just interesting how and, it, and that didn't even come from me. That was someone else's beliefs about where I was going. So it's interesting. You can't always listen to what other people say either. It's really your own, you know, thoughts and your, your, that gut feeling that you might have to make a change or try something different. Just kind of have to be flexible. I agree. And I love your story. I think this, your unique job shows people that if you want to be more hands-on, like what you were doing pre-op to OR to PACU, that's amazing. And you transition in. And on top of that, you're also counseling these patients. Mm-hmm. You're so intimately relate, related to them, I would think, um, with what they're going through. I think that's a great opportunity 
um, a, a change for nurses if they chose to do something like that. And it's really helpful like that because I can talk to someone who is going through it right now. This is about infertility anyway, you know, from the start to the end, because I've done all of those roles and maybe it's something else like, you know, whatever patients you're working with, you may have moved around in the same you know, hospital, but at different aspects and you can kind of talk them through different th- situations or what to expect, because a lot of people don't know what to expect. And that feels very anxious to them. So, you know, it, it's not a bad thing to try different positions because then you can it, give the experience to someone else. Like this is what you can expect when you go, you know, for an MRI or a mammogram or I don't, there's so, you know, there's lots of different, um, things. Yeah. So it's definitely good to even as a nurse get into different jobs so you can see what patients experience and maybe you're going to be there one day, you know, as a patient, you never know. So. Yeah, that's a great point. I want to share one more thing that you said the last time we talked that if you keep trying and stay open, you'll find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important for nurses, especially that are thinking of leaving nursing altogether. Yes. What did you mean when you said that? Um, I, I think that you have to um, like kind of hold space and just be available and sort of, um, you know, just talk to other people that maybe work in other departments or apply for a job and get an interview and ask questions, even if you don't take that job. You know, it's sort of like kind of putting out into the universe, universe or whatever angels, whatever you believe in, <laughs> You know, I'm here and I am ready to be open to talk about other other positions or job opportunities or, you know, trying something different. So it's sort of just being aware of other conversations that are happening or you might notice something that you wouldn't notice before if you were sort of more closed off to it. I can attest to that. Once you open up and allow those things to come to you, I think they really do show up. Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And and keep trying too, because sometimes you're like, okay, that didn't quite work, but I'm still going to try it a little bit differently, but for the same thing. You know what I mean? Like you just sort of, you're like, okay, yeah, I'm onto something. I'm not quite sure, you know, but yeah, it's just... Um, You know, and just kind of trusting in yourself that you yourself know what you need and want from this career. Absolutely. I love that. Mm -hmm. So uh, Nurses Against Burnout is your Facebook group. Where else can we find you? So um, I am on Instagram, too. Um, Rachel Smitty, which is my Instagram handle. And then... um, I also am on LinkedIn, Rachel Smitty. So I just try to kind of keep it my name for most of the things, except for that um, Nurses Against Burnout for the Facebook group. And um, I do have a website, too, um, for my life coaching business. So the um, website is rachel-smitty.com. Amazing. I hope people can come and find you uh, when they're ready and you can help them through whatever they're going through. I think I think you're doing very important work. 
Thank you. Yes, I hope so too. (laughs) I appreciate you coming on the show today and I'm so excited to hear from you and how your business is growing. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. And I hope, um, you know, your podcast touches so many people. I feel like nurses, um, you know, need these kind of podcasts to just sort of play on their ride to work or maybe on a jog or, you know, something like that, just to kind of know the community is here. Thanks to Rachel for being on the show today. A few tips that she left us with. Allow yourself to have goals outside of your career and family responsibilities and take care of yourself by doing things such as meal prep and drinking enough water. Be flexible in your nursing career. Choose an avenue in nursing that works for you. Don't be afraid to try new things. And stay open and you'll find what you're looking for. Trust in yourself. And thank you for taking the time to listen today. For more information on Don't Eat Your Young, head on over to don'teatyouryoung.com and meet other nurses on my Facebook group, Don't Eat Your Young. I hope you can join us again next week. Have a great day. You might not.